Good evening, I guess is what it is. Uh, this is August 2nd, I believe. I'm still not very good with calendars, especially during all of this. And we're going to be starting a new series. Typically in August, I do the back to school series, which is basically what this is. And then we'll see how school comes out for you guys. But regardless, I, I have a series that I've prayed about and really thought about and really got into that I think will help regardless of whether you're at home, whether you're at school, whether you're at work, whatever. And so it is mood, and we're going to talk about things like that, about emotions, about feelings, about doubts even, and, and along those lines. And I want to start with one that is probably the most common to everyone, anger, and we're going to talk about the monster within. Uh, and so I want to start by reading Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. So basically, this is Jesus talking, uh, and he is telling people the best way to live. He is saying, you have heard. And the reason he says that is because most of the people, if not all that he was talking to, uh, didn't have access to the written scriptures. Uh, things were oral for a long time, but the Pharisees, the rabbis, they were the ones who studied it, and then they would tell them. And one of the things that they tended to do was definitely said, hey, the Ten Commandments say do not murder. But it was kind of living where everything up to murder was okay. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, it talks about an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and things like that. And Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 that's not how we do this. Uh, we're not going to live up to the minimum. However, even today, one of the things that you'll notice is Christians uh, tend to want to look for that minimum line, that loophole line, that... Well, what up to this is not a sin, so that I can just do here and it's easy. Uh, a lot of the times we do that. We do it especially with anger. We do it with, with pride. We do it with all kinds of things, with the way we treat other people. Uh, to where, well, it's okay to treat someone like this, but not hate them. So I just have to go up to this line. Uh, and that's human nature to an extent. But Jesus is clearly saying, and he's going harsh, but he's being legit. He's saying, hey, I don't care uh, what someone has done to you. I don't care... Uh, how you feel. I care about you and I care about how it affects you, but I care about them too. And if you murder someone, that's obviously wrong. However, if you are angry with them so much that you are killing them in your heart, you're angry with them so much that hatred crops up, that grudges crop up, that all kinds of things like this crop up, then you're doing uh, the same kind of sin. Now, he's not saying that if you're mad at someone, then you might as well go kill them because it's the same thing. He's not saying that at all. Because, you know, on earth we have different consequences. What he's talking about is your heart. Uh, most of the time when Jesus spoke, he spoke about heart and he spoke about how your heart can be improved or how it can go backwards if you're not careful. And your love for him should be at the center. And then after that, we talked last week a little bit about joy, Jesus, others, you. And after that, you look to others and then you look to yourself and you do everything you can to treat others like you would want to be treated. And he spoke all of this. But if you can picture like the Pharisees and all the other people in the crowd when he says, hey, murder is wrong. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, good job. Because we like to hear things that are obvious uh, that we don't do. And then he goes, but if you call somebody an idiot or a fool, then you're sinning. Now, everybody here who has ever had a driver's license already or ever been in a car or ever been on the bypass or I-75... I'm sure that you have accidentally used those words at some point. And, and I'm not saying that, again, if you use those words, then boom, you're going to hell, or boom, you're a murderer. That's not what he's saying again. He's saying, watch your heart. 
Because the easier it is for you to call someone an idiot, the easier it is for you to be angry, the easier it is for you to just give in to that anger, to treat others in anger wrongly, to, to treat others in anger worse than they deserve or worse than, than you would deserve in that situation, whatever. Then your heart is going to get darker and darker, smaller and smaller. Uh, we all love the cartoon Grinch movie. And in that, like, you know, he's kind of a jerk for most of it, although he's right because their singing was annoying, but still, that's beside the point. Uh, and I'm not condoning stealing Christmas trees, mostly. Uh, but he, his whole deal in that, and the reason people love the movie, is as he saw them, like, still loving each other without the presence and still caring, like, his anger melted away. His hatred of them melted away, and his heart grew three sizes. Now, we like to talk about stories like that. We like to focus on the change for the good, on the way that, that our friends, our family, people that we know, people that we don't know, the way that they find Jesus and they work forwards. But it also happens the other way to where Christians or people who are good people, people who do the right thing all the time, will see something or hear something or watch something or feel something, and it will bring up such anger that it starts to eclipse everything else. And their heart may have been like the three sizes already, and then it shrinks the size. And it's like, oh, I don't agree with that politician. I don't agree with that news. I don't agree with that person's opinion. I don't agree with how that person's living their life. And the anger shrinks your heart a little bit. Uh, oh, that person, he cheated and he got away with it. That's not fair. Or he got on the team and I shouldn't. He got first chair and I shouldn't. Uh, you know, she got the promotion that I shouldn't. Whatever it is you look at it and it's like, shrinks a little bit more. And the more you do that, the smaller your heart gets. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm not telling you guys that if you're mad, then you're automatically a murderer. But you're killing the person in your heart. And that is killing your heart, and that is killing your relationship with me. He is being so amazingly clear and giving people this, this way to live that nobody had really thought about before. Because like I said, human nature is to go up to the line of what you're allowed to do and then stop. Like in, in, when you're driving, when you're doing something else. Now, don't speed, but most of us will drive up to the line of what we consider acceptable. So like five miles above, ten miles above. 700 miles above, like Terry was telling me, like whatever it is that, that, that you drive, uh, it, it's you have this line or something else. It's like you have this line that you go up to. And we try to live our lives that way because it's easier. And, and it's, it makes us, it allows us to be more like the people next to us, more like the people in our classes, more like the people that we see at work, on the street, whatever. And Jesus is like, no, you're not going to be a minimum type of people. If you have this anger that is filling you up, it is going to change you over time. Having a grudge against someone will change you over time. I have told this story before, but I'll tell it again. I have a little scar on my wrist because when I was like 14, 15 in that range, uh, cereal companies used to put out really cool toys and really cool things. And I remember Frosted Flakes, which was awesome and very healthy. Keep eating it. Uh, it Frosted Flakes had holographic baseball cards. And this is back when baseball mattered. Just joking. But this is back when the Reds were good and back when Ken Griffey Jr. was playing and all of these things. Uh, Ty Cobb and, and Honus Wagner, they were there and all these other people that I lived through. Uh, but they were really cool and they were amazing and they were holographic and this is when people collected baseball cards. And I was so excited and you know, uh, I was taught you have to eat through it before you get to it. If you get, if it's like halfway, that's fine, but you can't like dump out the box or reach in it or whatever. And so I, I 
went to the cereal, and it was almost done, and there, was, there were no cards in it. And my cousin was over, and I lived with my grandparents, as I've said before, and, and I'm like, hey, where did these cards go? I've been waiting for them. And she's like, oh, I gave them to, to your cousin, and he's out in the garage with your grandpa, and they're doing something. I was so mad. Because those were my cards, because this was my house, because it was the way things I wanted them to be. And so I rushed out of the house, and I'm so angry, and I shove on the garage door door, like the, not the up and down one, but the one that you open normally. And I shoved right where the window was, and my hands went right through it. And I will tell you the truth, that anger went away because I was suddenly scared because I'm bleeding, and I felt so stupid. And I still feel stupid. And when I see that scar, it, it reminds me, hey, keep your anger in check. And so over time, I would pray about it, and I would think about it, and I would read scriptures like this. And it's not like the next day, suddenly, like as a 15-year-old, I had total control of my emotions, because I didn't. But over time, I realized what anger would lead me to. And right then, it led me to hurting myself and, and doing something stupid. But in life, it could have led me all kinds of different ways. So I, I worked with Jesus to get under control and I prayed about it. And it's not that I never feel anger well up. It's not that I never feel mad now. Uh, play a video game with me. And if I get killed or something happens where I get cheated, like I'm going to be upset. But I don't use it to sin against other people. I'll get mad at myself or I'll get quiet or something like that because I like to win. But I, I do my best to not sin in that anger. I do my best not to take it out on other people. And I just, I work through my process and I pray and I go through it. Uh, and so I don't go slamming open doors. Now for you, maybe it's a different situation. Maybe at work or at school, like something happened and it made you so mad. And before you thought about it, like in that anger, you go and you just tell off somebody or you send an email you shouldn't or you send a text message you shouldn't or you post something that you shouldn't and that anger just comes through it. And then the next day you start thinking, man, did I really do that? And then that hurts somebody or it affects something or it gets you in trouble or whatever. Because you don't think. And so Jesus is saying, hey, think. Think. Don't just live up to the minimum of what's expected of you. Do your best to think. And if anger is a problem, that does not mean you're an awful person. Uh, as, as most of you are teens who are listening to this, you're growing and you're, you're becoming who you're going to be. And, and there's all kinds of emotions and all kinds of hormones and all kinds of other things going on in your life that affect your mood. And so you're going to run a little hotter than a lot of people. Uh, when you're older, maybe finances, maybe uh, family problems, whatever else, it, it has you during a period of time, maybe no sleep, and you kind of run a little hotter. And again, Jesus isn't saying, hey, if you get mad, you're just done. It's, a, 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 it's one time and you're out. It's not, he's not saying that. He's saying anger is a real thing that can be devastating, not just to you, but to the way you live your life, to your relationship with people around you, to your relationship with Jesus. And so work at it. Work on, on helping yourself not get mad like that. You're going to slip up because something's going to happen. Be ready and willing to apologize. Be ready and willing to understand, hey, this monster within me, I don't have to hulk out. Uh, the Avengers movie, the first one, um, they keep asking Bruce Banner, who's played by Mark Ruffalo, uh, what his secret was. Like, how he had control of turning into the Hulk. And he's like, I'm just angry all the time. And, and it's played as a joke, and he becomes the Hulk, and he punches an alien thing, and it's really a cool scene. But a lot of people walk around like that, like angry all the time, and so something will shut them down. And a lot of us can get to that point if we don't work on it. So that's the other part of not letting yourself sin in your anger, not letting yourself give in to the anger, but also be aware of what's making you angry. 
and talk to somebody about it. Don't just hold it in. Don't just bottle it up because it will explode. It will come out in some way. And most of the time, it comes out on people that, that have nothing to do with it. There's always the illustration people will use where you have the, the parents at work and, and the boss yells at the dad and the bo a boss yells at the mom and like they come home and they yell at each other and then they yell at the kids and then the older kid yells at the younger one and the younger one yells at a friend and the friend yells at their dog and the dog eats the cat or whatever it is like that. And, and you have all of these situations because hurt people hurt people and that's something I've said a lot lately. Uh, but anger rolls down and often it has nothing, like who it comes out on is not who deserves it to come out on. But Jesus is like, it doesn't matter. Don't give in to it. And we're going to go on to verse 25, 23. Uh, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer sacrifices to God. When you're on your way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge, uh, and, which will hand you over to the officer and you'll be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. Now, obviously, what he's saying in, in those literal words is for a different society, but the meaning there still matters and it still works uh, for our lives. And what he's saying is even harder than getting control of your own anger. He's saying, hey, if you are so angry with someone that you're killing him in, in your own heart, you, you, you're sinning, like you're messing up. You need to get a check on that. But then he goes on to say, if somebody else is angry with you and you realize it or you remember it, go and try to make it right. Now that's way harder even because you can't control how people feel about you. And one of the things that I've said with grudges, uh, when you have a grudge on somebody and you're carrying that grudge around, they often don't know that every time you see them, you grit your teeth and you're so mad and you picture ways for anvils from Acme to fall on their head and all these different things. Like, like they don't know that. And so for us, sometimes it's hard to know if someone is mad at us. So he's not saying, and I kind of live my life on this because of anxiety where I apologize all the time and I'm sometimes will feel this desire to ask people, hey, are you mad at me? And they're like, what are you talking about? We haven't even talked for three years. Like, you're being ridiculous. And that's how I feel inside. What he's saying is not do that. He's saying, if you are living in such a way that the things you say, the things you do, the way you treat people, the things you post, the way that you act has the potential to anger people, then just be aware of their feelings and talk to them. Now, you can flip that or you can twist that and say, well, if I don't live out, if I live out my faith, then people are going to get mad. If I don't do, if I do the right thing, then people are naturally going to be mad. That's the excuse we like to use a lot. And we often like to use that when we're being a jerk about something. But that's not saying don't live your faith. Do live your faith. Live how you're called to live. But we tend to not do that the way Jesus did. We tend towards doing that the way the Pharisees did, where we walk around with our big hats that say, I'm a Christian, which is good, like you want people to know. But then we kind of hit people with them. We're like, hey, do you believe the way I do? Punch. Like, this is how you should believe. And we tell people what's wrong with them. And we tell people uh, how awful they are. And we tell people who they are. I've talked before when I was at Ball State, like there'd be this guy uh, for several weeks on the corner with a megaphone saying everybody's going to hell. And like I was a Christian still. And so I went to church and I, I had a good relationship with Jesus. And I would think, well, I, I don't like hearing that. Like I'm not. And it's because he didn't care who he was talking to. They didn't match up to his standard. And so again, I'm not saying don't live your life the, the Christian way. Don't live like Jesus. Do live like Jesus. 
But that doesn't mean that everyone else sucks. It doesn't mean that you are the only way to live. Jesus is the only way to live. And if somebody doesn't live that way, it's not on you to go and fix them. It is on you to show them, to tell them, to help them. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying if you realize that you have ticked somebody off by making fun of them, by being stupid, by being a jerk, by being angry, by uh, hurting someone's feelings on purpose just because you strongly feel that way, then you're in the wrong too. Even if you're right, you're in the wrong too. He's saying be aware of other people's feelings. He's not saying take away your truth. He's not saying believe what they believe. He's not saying uh, just let everybody run wild. He's not saying that. And I'm not saying that. He's saying you live your life the right way. And people absolutely will sometimes get mad at that. But if somebody gets mad at you just because you go to church, somebody gets mad at you just because you're doing the right thing, that's, that's not on you. Like you can't control that. But if you post something that's so negative or you text something that's so negative and at the end you're like, but I'm praying for you. And we do that a lot. It's like we, we say no offense, but, and the next thing we say is very offensive. But because we said that no offense or because we said, well, it's not about you, uh, we feel like that clears us. And that's what he's talking about here. When you purposely are hurting people's feelings under the guise of your faith. That's not the same thing as living out your faith and then people will get mad at that. Because absolutely in your life, uh, when you're at school, like if you don't want to go to a party, people will get mad at that. They'll be like, he thinks he's better than me. You can't control that. But you're doing the right thing. Now, if they're like, hey, do you want to go to this party? And you're like, no, I'm a Christian. I I can't. That's cool. But if you're like, no, and you're going to hell, and you're the worst person I've ever met, and I can't believe that you would do this, I'm going to go tell everybody about you. Do you see the difference in responses? Now, absolutely, you may be correct, but it's still wrong. And Jesus, when he told people things, he said it gently, he said it truthfully, he said it honestly, he said it legitimately, but he did not let anger come through. And we do that with our faith. I've said this before also. Uh, We often hear and say Uh, I'll pray for you in a threatening way. Like if somebody does or says something we don't agree with, I'll pray for you. Uh, I was joking with my nephew the other day because he had on a Purdue shirt, and that is just about the worst thing you could possibly do in this life. And I rightfully told him some very wonderful jokes about Purdue, and that's fine. And, and, you know, then I jokingly, and he knew I was joking, and we talked after, said, well, I'll be praying for your soul. And, And again, that was a situation where I was joking, although, man, Purdue is awful. Uh, But that was a situation where I was joking. But people say that, really? Like, not just on things where they're joking, not just on things with sports, not just on things like that. It's like, I'll pray for you. And they don't mean it like, I'm going to pray for you. They mean it like, I'm going to let them know that they're wrong in the meanest possible way. And Jesus is saying, hey, that's not how I'm telling you to live your faith. You live your faith the way I lived my faith. You live the way that you're supposed to, the way that you're called to. Because we are supposed to live in such a way that our life, our truth, yes, may tick people off, but that we're not doing it purposely. That our goal is not to hurt them, to shame them, but to help them, to show them. That's our goal in life, regardless of what age you are. We get so caught up in, well, this person did that and this person did that. How come they get away with it? How come we can't? I have heard people talk Uh, in the realm of politics, in the realm of media, in the realm of uh, celebrity, whatever, where it's like, well, it's not fair. Christians are kind of hamstrung by these different rules where we're not allowed to do all these things that other people do, and so they tend to get ahead of us in life, and that's the wrong way to look at things. That's not the way to look at things. Jesus, if you look through everything he said, it wasn't about this is how you get ahead in life. 
He's like, this is how you have a better life. This is how you move on to the next life. This is how you show people what to, to do, how to live. This is how you show people who you are by looking at him, seeing what he says, living how he lives. And that brings me to the revenge part because one of the things we want most in life often is revenge. Now, we don't say that, but there's a lot of sayings throughout plays and, and music and quotes about revenge and about a dish best served cold, about an eye for an eye. And we will often think if someone uh, gets arrested for doing something wrong, we're like, well, they got what they deserved. And we don't think that like, oh, well, you know, justice was served. We think that like, I'm so glad that they're suffering now. Now, if someone does something awful, like they murder someone or, or they kidnap someone or they do something even worse than that, then of course they deserve to, to pay the consequences. But it should never make us happy when they do. Now, that's not to say that we should mourn and be like, oh, I'm so sorry for it. But we should still say, well, I mean, that sucks, but, but I'm going to pray for them. I don't like them. I don't like the way they live their life. But that's what the consequence is is way different than saying, I'm so glad they got caught. I hope that their life falls apart. I hope that this happens. I hope they die. I hope that if someone breaks into my house, that I get the chance to take them out. I hope that if this person does that, that I get the chance to take them out. I hope. I've heard people so often live like that because revenge somehow overtakes faith for them. And it's like, well, if, I, if they deserve it, then it's okay. No, Jesus isn't saying that. Because guess what? If every one of us got what we deserved, it would not be a happy day. It would not be a wonderful thing because we've all messed up. We've all hurt him. We've all hurt other people. Now, I'm not going to, to rate sins and rate crimes and all of that. And again, if you do something wrong, absolutely there should be consequences. But there's such a difference between that and being happy on it. And so I want to go to Romans 12, 17 through 21. Never pay evil back with more evil. Uh, do things in such a way that everyone sees you as honorable. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Two wrongs don't make a right. You've heard that said a million times. And it's true. They don't. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., and I kind of mess this quote up sometimes, but the idea, the paraphrase is there. He once said, uh, darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Uh, fire can't take out fire. Only water can do that. Uh, hate can't take out hate. Only love can do that. And, and that's kind of what this is saying. It's like, don't pay back evil with evil. It's not saying let people get away with everything. It's not saying nobody should pay for their crimes. Nobody should pay for their sins. It's not saying any of that. But it's saying you should do your best to live at peace. You should do your best to love everyone. You should do your best to treat others like you would want to be treated. And then he goes on, this is Paul, and he goes on to say, dear friends, never take revenge. That's pretty clear. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Uh, for the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Uh, it was kind of a different thing with burning coals of shame and, and what it meant then. But I always like to think that Paul also was like, kill him with kindness and it's going to be kind of fun. Because Paul, he had that edge to him. Uh, Paul, however, as he said that, there were probably people sitting in the crowd being like, yeah, of course he doesn't want people to take revenge. He killed my friend. Of course he doesn't want people to take revenge on him because he's now a, a Christian. He's now doing this. But before, man, he did all these awful things because people never forget your past. 
But what he's saying is scripture. What he's saying is true. What he's saying is from God. He's saying, hey, we have to understand that God has this. Again, doesn't mean that if somebody breaks into your house, you don't call the police. It doesn't mean that if somebody hurts you, that you let them keep hurting you. It doesn't mean any of that. What it means is you are not the judge, jury, and executioner. What it means is you are a vessel for Jesus in this life. You are an example for Jesus in this life. And so you do your best to control that anger, to control that desire of revenge. And not to pray, I hope they get what's coming to them, but pray, I hope that when they are caught or when they, they get justice, when whatever happens, that they find the Lord. I hope that they can learn from this. And maybe it's something where they deserve to be in jail for the rest of their lives. You don't have to say, I hope that they get saved and then get out. But you don't have to say also, man, I hope they stay there and rot. You see the difference in how you talk to people? And that's all with anger and revenge. But we want to control things. We want, because it's hard. It's hard not to want everyone to follow what we want to do. It's hard not to want everything to fit according to what we want. But... This isn't our life. This isn't our world. This isn't our deal. We serve a loving God. We serve a perfect creator. We serve someone who has everything under control. And I realize the world sucks. And I realize there is evil everywhere. And that should fill you with with being upset with righteous anger. And it should fill you with the desire for justice. But it should not fill you with the desire that, well, I'm the only one that can do it. Because you're not. Because we cannot live our lives that way. We have to live our lives to do our best to give Jesus control of that anger. To understand that God loves everyone even if they're bad. Even if they do the wrong thing. One of the things that Jesus said around this time was, around the time of the first scripture, was love your enemies. Agape love them. Because even the worst person in the world can love the people that love them. That's nothing. Like if you walk around in your life and you're like, well, I love my friends and I love my family. Good. That's pretty basic. It's harder to love people that upset you, to love people that hurt you. And again, there's a difference between love and accept, between love and like, between all of that. But you live your life like Jesus. You do your best to live like him. And if you have a problem with anger, that does not mean that you're this awful, imperfect person. I mean, we're all imperfect. It means that that's something that you can talk about and can control of. I told you I had this huge anger problem. And I am not perfect with that now, but I do pretty well. And it's not because of me. It's because little by little I gave control up. And I was able to work on that and able to get help from that. And so I, I'm able to, to be more patient with people. Not on the bypass, but in most places. I'm able to be more patient with people. Uh, be more understanding of people. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect. It took a lot of work to get to that point. So maybe anger is your thing. Maybe it's something that you just get so angry and then that moment you cannot control what you say. You cannot control what you you post. But guess what? You can. It just takes time. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes prayer. It takes help. It takes talking about it. Don't let it fester. Don't let it build to this desire for revenge. Don't let it build to treating other people like junk. Treat everyone, everyone the way Jesus would treat them. And when somebody gets what's coming to them, that's fine. But you, your goal, your life, your hope is to show them, to show everyone the love, the understanding, the grace that you have been shown. To do everything you can to learn from your mistakes, to learn from other people's mistakes, and to treat everyone the same. And in this series, 
I'm going to talk about different things, and anger is kind of a bigger one. I want to talk about doubt and how we, we deal with that. I want to talk about the way that we live our lives, the way that we deal with heartbreak, the way that we deal with peer pressure. Because as school kids, as teens, as children, whatever you want to call it, obviously it's very obvious how some of those things fit in because that's your life and you don't have much control. But even as we get older, we struggle with this. And so all of us can learn more, can do more, can follow Jesus' teachings more. And so do that. If tomorrow you're like, oh man, I just blew up again and I can't believe it. Don't say, well, I'm never going to get a hold of this. Be like, okay, I have to pray first. And I may have to apologize, I may have to explain, but I'm going to work on this. And then you work on it, and then you work on it the next day, and you pray about it, and you keep praying, and you keep working. And over time, your heart that may have shrunk will start to grow again, and you'll be filled with Him. And it takes time, and I know that's hard, but it takes time and it takes work, but it is possible. Because with God, everything is possible. That's all I got.